0: It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio.
1: There are so many opportunities that having studied in Rome really provided that just like we wouldn't be able to get here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week brought to you by Banditos, fresh made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest.
0: Welcome to Flavor of the Week, part two with Father Spencer St. Louis. I'm Kyle Hyman here at the Jimmy John's. Even though this is brought to you by Bandito's, Mm -hmm. uh, the the food today is provided by Jimmy John's. And we did the, the number seven, which was delicious. It's my favorite. I... I'm really bad at this stuff because I like everything. Right. I am <laughs> so everything is delicious to me. Yeah. And that's that's a nice thing. Like especially restaurants. It's like you right. make a living cooking food. Right. It's going to be good. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Don't stay in business for very long. Right. All right. So now are we doing tuna now? Tuna next. Okay. Yep. So talk about Rome mm-hmm. while eating a tuna sandwich. Okay. All right. You ready for this? Have you had this?
1: Uh, I've had the tuna once. Okay. It's yeah. like tuna salad. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. That's a good tuna salad. It's really good. It stays together a little bit better than the number seven. I right. Was, it does. I yeah. was having tomatoes jumping out.
1: <laughs> yeah, this one's This is really good.
0: Do you have a favorite condiment? Do you ever put anything on your
1: usually? I, I do extra tomatoes. Okay. Um, I love tomatoes. Like I will eat homegrown tomatoes by the handfuls. Yeah. And just keep popping them in.
0: My kids are the same way. Like I have to stop them from eating. Right. Tomato. It exactly. seems foolish. Right. But, right like tomatoes are good for you, but They're, at a certain point becomes a problem. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, and I'm also the, the type of person that will put salt on my tomatoes, you know, just to oh, add, yeah. add extra flavor to bring mm-hmm. it out the flavor that's already there, which might be weird for some people. You ever put salt on watermelon? I knew that was coming. Yes. I, I am a salt on watermelon type person.
0: My mom, I grew up watching her always put salt. on we did too, but do you, I don't currently, What? but I did when I was growing up. Oh, it's a mimicking mom. Yeah. I think it enhances Uh, the flavor. I have to bring it back again. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. So, Father Spencer, Mm -hmm. you studied in Rome. I did, Which is not the normal place that our seminarians study. Correct. Yep. And we've talked about that in the past a little Mm -hmm. bit, but what do you think was the greatest thing that you got out of that experience that you wouldn't have gotten in the United States?
1: There are so many opportunities that having studied in Rome really provided that just like we wouldn't be able to get here, you know, being close to the Holy father, having the professors that we had.
0: Well, we'll let's, let's take this movie. Right, okay, so being one. close to the Holy father, what right. would what, what, so, what that
1: do for you by being close to the Holy father? It makes him a real person. We hear at mass for Francis, our Pope and Kevin, our Bishop. Yeah. And it's a nice thought. The Holy father's there and, and he's in Rome doing what he does. But when you get to see him on a weekly basis, hearing him speak at the Wednesday audience in the Angeles on Sunday, being able to put a face more than just a picture, but an actual person in touch with the messages that he's sending out to the world, especially in times of, of hurt and need, but also with his encyclical letters, it makes it a real person in a way that you don't get just seeing him on television or in in pictures.
0: Or even just reading those things, which there's been such good content coming out of those too. Mm -hmm. How often were you able to go to an
1: audience? We were always able to go for the Sunday Angelus mass ended at a time that allowed us each to go down. And so I would go usually once a month, maybe just to see that and to, to hear him to receive his blessing. The Wednesday uh, audience was always harder because we had class. So unless you lucked out and didn't have class on Wednesdays or if you skipped for a special event, then you really weren't going for the Wednesday audiences as much. And are those always given in Italian? usually in italian okay but then sometimes they'll also have recaps in the different languages the major languages of the world but most of the time it was given in italian given by somebody else? else the recaps yes okay yep so there would usually be somebody working in the vatican who is a native speaker of these different languages and they would have a prepared talk that they were able to release at that moment yeah and kind of just give the overview of what the holy father was speaking about
0: in italian huh interesting so, how was that learning Italian? And because did you study a foreign language in school Not, before that? Well, I I've studied a lot
1: of different languages briefly. I had three years of French in high school, a year of Latin in high school, two years of Latin and Spanish in college seminary, um, and then over in Rome, we had you know two months of intensive study of Italian to prepare us for classes uh-huh. in Italian, and then I studied Greek and Hebrew over there. So that. I've studied a lot of languages a little bit. It's kind of like a jack of all but master of none. (laughs) So I can recognize, you know, what's Hebrew, what's Greek, what's Italian versus Spanish, things
0: like that. But Do you find that harder? Because I feel like, I I mean, I know very little of foreign languages, Mm -hmm. but I studied German in high school and then I went down to Honduras and was trying to learn Spanish and I kept on wanting to use German words for things. And Mm -hmm. now that I've learned more Spanish, I don't remember anything from German. Like it's just, I, I can't, I can't keep five languages straight in my head. I I don't know how people do that.
1: I can't keep one sometimes. (laughs) Let's be honest; it is challenging. I think too, when you're getting into the situation where you're using it a bit more, then it it will start coming back Mm -hmm. to me. At least, at least for myself. It's like traveling abroad. You know, in Italy, having been there all the time, it was a lot more on the tip of the tongue. Mm -hmm. But then traveling to places like France, like phrases and things would come back to me, or like I'd be able to read some signs. Um, just based on what I had already taken back in high school. So even though it had been you know seven, eight years at that point, being able to pull that back out came back the, the longer I was in a
0: certain situation. So we mentioned that it's kind of rare for somebody to study in Rome. What mm-hmm. do you think is the reason to have, besides like, oh, you get this appreciation for the Holy Father, whatever, right. like, why do you think Bishop would send a few seminarians over there to study? There's a great opportunity academic-wise
1: that Rome offers. So our program is a five-year program, but it's split into two different parts, a first cycle and a second cycle. In the first cycle, we're earning the STB, the, the Bachelors in Sacred Theology, where it's a general overview, and typically that relates oftentimes to what the guys here to do in four years. And so it's the general understanding, this is what you need to know to be a priest, to give good homilies, things like that, mm-hmm. the underlying principles of our Catholic theology. And then the last two years, you work on what's known as a license in theology, and so a lot of times that's a more focused program. So for myself, it was dogmatic theology, understanding these are the principles of our faith, and this is why this relates to this, or this is how our teachings have grown and develop over time. So while one thing might have been said you know, back in the Council of Florence, this is how it has developed in our understanding up until where we are now. Because Christ in divine revelation, he gave us everything at that moment. Revelation ended with the, the death of the last apostle. Okay. But our understanding of it continues to develop and to grow. And that's how we have these teachings formulate over time. So, you know, things like the dogma of the assumption wasn't declared right away, but our understanding of it continued to develop and deeper as the, the conflicts came about or people began questioning certain things. So uh, that was my focus other guys did canon law um, church history mm-hmm. spiritual theology ecumenism so our interaction with other religions and so there's a broad view of what you can actually have as a further degree over there and i think that's part of why bishop has chosen to send some of us over there is just to be able to have that those resources in the diocese yeah that he, either he can call on or other priests of the diocese can call on if a question comes up so i know father royce gregerson was before me and he did moral theology which in our day and age is becoming more and more important Sure. with every you know, end-of-life issue that comes about or even the issues that we're dealing with now, it becomes pertinent and somebody that you can fall back on for a resource or to point you in the right direction of where to go and where to look.
0: Can you give me an example of something that people might have questions about that uh, something that you learned that right. most people wouldn't? I think just at least what I've experienced so far is a lot of
1: questions coming up in the parish of people like, you know, Father, I've been thinking about this, or why do we believe this? Um, How is it that, you know, the church had said this back then, but now we we teach this, like what what happened in between there? Um, So just understanding how, especially how doctrine develops, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, turning back to St. John Henry Newman and his wonderful essay on the development of doctrine, just seeing how our understanding of what has already been revealed continues to grow and develop.
0: I feel like we might have a hard time with some of this because the development of doctrine Mm -hmm. does not mean that it's changing. Correct. The doctrine doesn't change. Exactly. Our understanding of it might grow and develop. Okay. Yeah. So I
1: guess just a good way to to see it is that the underlying principles will always stay the same.
0: So was your studies kind of like case studies of these different things or was it more broad and general of the, the process?
1: A lot of it was more broad and general. Um, understanding what we actually teach as a church and why we teach it, the underlying principles that would run through the veins of all the the other theology. But then also a lot of it was kind of focusing on where do we turn to find these answers? What councils are are good for different things? And just like what documents are are good to turn to.
0: So if the diocese had unlimited resources and the NAC over in Rome had unlimited space, Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be a good thing for all of our seminarians to be able to do that? Or is it more kind of a, it's good to have a few people going through it, or it takes a certain kind of a person to be able to adapt and to, right. to go through that?
1: Right. What would you say? Rome presents a lot of challenges that I'm not sure
0: every seminarian would be able to handle right away. Uh, well, even, I guess, just being away from your family for right, so long. Or, right. And being away from people that you know. Being and away from, from the
1: diocese that. and being away from your culture even you know, going out and and having to adapt to this new culture, not like just beyond language. um, Right. Just how they they view time as a resource, how they view dinner as more than just like my getting food into my body, but as an experience, as an event, um, something that lasts hours into the evening. Um, (laughs) So like adapting to culture and things like that. So, you know, some guys might struggle with that, Mm -hmm. but also it's really good to have, theologians at different seminaries because it changes viewpoints and it helps encounter problems from different angles so what guys are studying at mount st mary's is different possibly a different approach i should say not a different you know dogmas it's a different approach to theology than what i received in rome and so by having these different points of view from all of our different eventually priests it helps to be able to engage in that encounter of of the theology but then also trying to figure out what are the best ways to help our people encounter Christ and and come to know God. So ultimately I would say it's a great program to have Uh with Rome and we should definitely have seminarians there, but it's a good thing to have them at multiple different seminaries as well.
0: I think also just as a diocese, we benefit from having seminarians nearby that they can come home on their breaks and be in our parishes and we can Mm -hmm. kind of, hear from them and they can stop by at the schools and yep. I, yeah. I feel like that's a gift as well yeah we miss out a little bit from some of the wisdom from our, our roman
1: right seminarians that, that was always one of the challenges over there is we would still get the emails from the vocations office <laughs> saying like uh, you know you're expected to come and, and visit uh, these schools who can come and, and do that yeah. or you know especially holy week and christmas you know the time when guys are home on break and expected to be at these liturgies with bishop And that was always hard to be like, well, you know, I won't be able to be there. I'm still over here. But it is good to have those guys be able to come home to encounter the diocese, to be with the people and to be with Bishop, too, to see him as a father and to be able to experience that in person.
0: So when you found out that you were being asked to go over to Rome, what was your first reaction? Was it excitement? Was it nervousness? A little bit of both. Okay,
1: I had known a little bit about the program over in Rome, but not as much as I do now, having been through it. I was excited for the opportunities that I know would come about, just to be able to study in Rome, to be there not as a tourist, but to really engage in the culture and, and understand what's happening in the city. Um, that excited me, and I was, mm-hmm. I was excited for that. Um, but then to be away from the diocese, to be away from family, you know, for that first in is two years, typically. Yeah, that's a long time. And I think that, that made me a little nervous. Just how, how much I was going to be away from home, away from you know the place that I had grown up yeah. and that I loved and that I was you know, studying to give my life to. That was right. challenging, yeah. certainly.
0: All right. So I know you were able to do some travels. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll be able to talk about that a little bit. But also I want to talk a little bit about what it's been like being dropped into a parish yeah, and all the excitement that's going on there. So yeah. uh, we've got a couple more sandwiches and a lot more to talk about. The tuna salad what, what do you think here overall i like it the cucumber it's a nice crisp bite into
1: it along with the tuna
0: right it's like a layer of cucumber it's not cucumber right. chopped up and put in. exactly right yeah. yeah cucumber
1: slices good point yeah i like it a lot i, like, I don't think i've had tuna salad
0: with cucumber but it's you great. like it yeah yeah
1: it's it's really good it, it does it gives it that, that crisp
0: bite along with the tuna mm-hmm. which i really like i really enjoy it so. and, and it's a nice flavor yeah so uh Are you still sticking with the number seven as your favorite though? As my
1: go-to, yes. But in in Lent, this might be a good alternative. Oh, right, right, right.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll see how the other ones stack up against it. Our thanks to uh, Father Spencer St. Louis. Thank you for joining us for the conversation for Jimmy John's supply of the food and banditos for underwriting flavor of the week. For show notes on this episode and to find more shows, visit KyleHyman.com. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy spirit.